Java Jobber. This is the Timberlissy podcast covering life, travel, and more in the country of Georgia. Brought to you by foodfundtravel.com, expathub.ge, and eatthistours.com. This is part two of our wine crash course to Georgian wine. If you didn't listen to the first episode, you can jump back and listen to that now. However, I would say this episode actually stands alone because we're talking specifically about Georgian wine regions and some of our favorite micro zones and the types of wines that are made there. So you don't necessarily have to listen to the other part if you don't want to. Oh, but, but go on. Go but do you it. might as well, because unless you already know all of the basics about Georgian wine, then you probably want to listen to that. But yeah, this is definitely an introduction to wine regions. This is not like super in-depth. What we're going to release uh, over the coming years is uh, actual guides to each wine region specifically, whereas this is just an overview of all of them so you can get a sort of general sense of the types of things that go on there and whether that's the sort of place that maybe you want to put on your itinerary when you come here. It's to, a taste to test Georgia. of wine taste tests. Yeah, exactly. So uh, yeah, we cut this out from the, the other episode because episode uh, was supposed to be one episode and then we just kept talking about wine and it got a bit long. So we split it into two just to make it a little bit more digestible for our listeners. So here we go. Here's the episode. Let's do it. All right. So wine regions and I'm going to mention some micro zones as well. Uh, micro zones here are like the, uh, the PDO, like the, the protected designation of origin areas that have specifically been selected by whoever selects these things. There's a, a government body here who makes the decisions on which ones get to be a PDO. But let's talk about some of the wine regions because there's, there's, uh, there's a few main ones. I would say 10, 10 main wine regions and there might be a few parts of Georgia that maybe would argue with you that they were also a wine region and that they're not part of another wine region. But uh, that would be down to a, a bit of an argument with someone else and that's not going to be me. So for convenience, let's, uh, let's talk about the 10 that I, I feel like are, are definitely the most important ones that you're, you're going to be interested in. All right, let's go. All right. Number one, Karketi. We already mentioned this. This is the biggest wine region. This is the biggest wine producing region. It's made up of two major fertile valleys. To the north, the Alazani Valley is the most famous valley. This is where the huge bulk of the wine historically was always produced. Uh, it, in the north of that valley is the Caucasus Mountains. And the cool air drifts off that, and they they you know they get some rain because of that as well. And in the south, uh, below the Gombori Mountains, which split the two valleys, is the Iori Valley, uh, that is then bordered to the south further by Azerbaijan. So uh, two massive wide valleys full of grapes and and other agriculture as well. That is the place that you will go for Saparavi and Catatelli, those two main grapes, as well as a few other important grapes like Matuani and Kisi, uh, less famous, but particularly amazing. I am very tasty. Really, I uh, like me a Kisi. Very, very, um, the, yeah, the bouquet with Kisi is just uh, is wild, crazy good. Uh, and Kiwi as well, which is impossible to spell if you, uh, I'm not going to spell it. <laughs> check, out the, check out our website or something, you'll find it. Uh, that's the place that most people go. If you come to Tbilisi, that is the region that everyone wants to do a tour. That's where all of our most popular tours go. That's the region that people have actually heard of if they've never had any experience with Georgia before. Uh, if you do a basic go. Google search for Georgian wine, this yeah. is the region you're going to have pop up. And most of the biggest producers have their sort of main wineries there, even though those big producers have wineries all over the country, but that's sort of their, their base for most of them. 
Uh, it's only two hours drive to the main Alazani Valley from Tbilisi, so that makes it super convenient if you're on vacation here. Uh, and then to the nearest wine region uh, of Karketi, the nearest microzone, Kashmi microzone. It's actually only just over 45 minutes from, from Tbilisi. So it's actually really convenient to get there. Yep. Uh, next wine region, Imereti. This is a uh, West Central wine region. This is uh, the second largest wine producing region in the country. Uh, this area is characterized by rolling hills, some mountains, uh, lots of vegetation, and also uh, quite a lot of humidity during the summer. So you're getting uh, a lot of heat rolling up off the Black Sea. It's going all the way up through, uh, up towards the mountains, and then it sort of dissipates there uh, with lots Ooh, of humidity yeah. and some rain. Because the, then that's where the central mountain passes, uh, the central mountain ranges of Georgia split the country in two pretty much. Uh, and you pass through them if you take the highway between Tbilisi and Batumi. Uh, so that's right in the middle. There's uh, some areas there that you want to check out if you're looking for wineries. Uh, Baghdati area, very famous for wine. Uh, you'll find Bayer's winery there. She's one of the female winemakers we'll talk about in the female winemakers episode eventually. Uh, and she's become sort of famous because she was in Forbes 30 Under 30 for Georgia as one of the most successful female winemakers as a startup. And now she's gone way beyond startup. I mean, her production is, I don't know how much the production's increased, but it's a lot. Yep. Uh, every time we meet her, uh, which is frequently, she's at all the wine shows, they are hustling constantly to grow that business. It's quite impressive. Yep, doing an amazing job. And still just the nicest family you've yeah, ever met. Yeah, wonderful. And they, they will host you there if they've got time for sure. Some people that we take on tours in that region will we'll go visit her as well, but we don't always visit her because she's already very, very well known and we try to go to some places that are a little bit more uh, undiscovered. Uh, Zestapolny is the other area around there as well. Uh, there's, there's a whole bunch of wine regions uh, and uh, like zones around there, not officially classified micro zones, but just areas where a lot of wine growing is going on because essentially the whole of the country is a wine region apart from the upper mountains. Yeah. So all of these places we're talking about, uh, these 10 wine regions I'm discussing today, essentially that's... I don't know, 85% of the entire country is covered by these wine regions. <laughs> Something around that. It really is a lot. Uh, next wine region I want to discuss is right in the middle between Imereti and Karketi is uh, Kartli. Kartli split into two. Tbilisi sort of in the middle. And you've got Shida Kartli to the north, which means North Kartli. So that's easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kwemo Kartli to the south means South Kartli. So there you go. It's simple. Uh, in the northern area, we have Gori and the Ateni microzone. The Ateni microzone is famous for making sparkling wines. Uh-huh. Yeah, so, that's, so you didn't know there was sparkling here, did you? There is. Yes, there, there is. is. Uh, not so much on the sparkling side, but uh, the Ateni microzone is the only officially classified microzone that makes sparkling wine specifically. It's so becoming more popular uh, these days. Like I'm, I'm discovering that more and more wineries are uh, having a go at sparkling wine, even though, as you said, that region is the only one that has the PDO. Uh, other wineries are having a, having a bash at it and not doing a terrible job. No, no, no they're doing a good job. Uh, lots of pet nats coming out, uh, which of course are a little bit easier to make than the champagne methods. So that's why a lot of smaller wineries can actually get their head around doing it uh, with the equipment and without having to spend tons of money to get it done. Uh, so if you want to go to the Ateni microzone up there, I recommend going to Chateau Ateni. Uh, that's a nice and simple one to find. And they, they make some really nice wines, including a very nice rosé, sparkling rosé. But it's the white sparklings that are the PDO wines. And also that's very close to Gori, which is where Stalin grew up. So you can do a little trip out there. You can pop into Gori and see the Stalin Museum if you want, which is all a bit weird. And then you can go out and taste some wines. Uh, the other part of Kartli that I was mentioning, Kremo Kartli, that's the south part of Kartli, south of Tbilisi, take about an hour and a half drive to Bolnisi. We've talked about that in the Day Trips episode because it's mm-hmm. one of my favorite, favorite places, undiscovered gems right now. I've now been! Yes. Huzzah! 
I agree. It was great. I had such a wonderful time there. Yeah, you can go down and visit the historic site of the 1.8 million year old Homo erectus. And that's uh, the oldest known hominid on She's an old gal. Earth from uh, the oldest known, sorry, the oldest known hominin in Europe ever discovered. And they're still digging at that site to find more. The wines down there are a crossover uh, of German and Georgian. Uh, there's some winemakers make specifically Georgian, but there's also a lot of old German houses in Bolnisi and they make German style wines with grapes like Riesling as well, mm. which are grown here. Uh, so that's an interesting bit of history that we talked more about in the day trips episode uh, where we were talking about Bonisi. Okay, so yeah, that's Cartley. That's all very convenient to get to from Tbilisi. Either go north or go south and you're going to Cartley. And next, another really amazing wine zone, but one that is definitely less visited, but I feel like it's starting to get a bit of a name for itself, is Racha. Ah, where I haven't been. Yes. Uh, we will be doing some harvest tours there in October I'm this year. I'm hoping to make it this year. Yes. For those, for those who uh, we haven't got to, well, if you listened to the first episode, you would have known that we had a kid a couple of years ago. So traveling to Russia wasn't exactly an option in uh, 2021, but hopefully 2022 will be this mama's year to go for a trip to Russia. For sure. For sure. Uh, so they're famous for a few types of wine. Well, quite a lot of types of wine. Quanchicara, I mentioned earlier, is Stalin's favorite wine. So they're pretty famous for that. Uh, made from the Alexandruli grape. And Tetra is pretty popular up there. Rachuri Mutani. Because uh, the, the Mutvani I've mentioned a few times, uh, they've got different cousins around the country. So you've got Guruli Mutvani in uh, Niagori. You've got uh, Rachuri Mutvani in Racha. And you've got Hakuri Mutvani in Karketi. <laughs> So it, it's all cousins. It gets a lot more difficult to say after yeah. a few of these drinks. Uh, yes, that definitely happens. Uh, one reason Racha is very special is because it's one of the few regions that makes naturally semi-sweet wines. I don't want to go too far into the production process, but essentially to make a semi-sweet wine, most are done in factories because you have to control the temperature, lower the temperature during fermentation to allow more sweetness to stay and to stop the fermentation process early, which you can't do in a natural way normally. But in Racha, because it's much colder and it's in the mountains, uh, when they harvest late and then they're fermenting during November, it actually gets cold enough in the soil that they can stop the fermentation. Uh So that's the idea. Uh, Not that many people doing it that way still, but that's that's the concept behind it. And it is possible to find if you're there the right time of year. Uh, Another area. Now, this is not an area that we take people on our tours because we're focused on Tbilisi uh, through to uh, to Kutaisi, where Imereti is. We, we occasionally go to uh, part of this area, but uh, I've clumped these into two, uh, Samagrello and Guria. I've clumped them together because they're similar. I mean, there's slightly different climates across the region, but uh, they, they have a lot of similar grapes. Uh, essentially, this is the uh, two parts of the coastal area of the Black Sea. The northern part is Samagrello. The southern part is Guria. They're right next to each other. Uh, if you take the highway to Batumi, you're going to go past all of these uh, and at some point. Uh, some of the most popular grapes there are Ojileshi and Solikuri, uh, which is also popular in Imereti. This region became a tea-growing region during the Soviet period, and winemaking was not really part of the deal. Mm. So that is why it didn't become a massive winemaking region again, and it's only just sort of um, building itself back up, and that's another reason we don't really do tours there. But also it's so far from Tbilisi. It's quite a trip. Yeah, yeah. It's a, a good sort of five hours. It might be easier once they get the, the proper highway into Batumi, do you think? Do you think it'll make it a bit uh, easier? It's going to maybe knock an hour off the trip. So that'll maybe. make it much easier. But that's not ready yet. So, yeah, you know, watch this years. space. But yeah, if you're over there, you could uh, try an Oda winery. It's right next to Martvili Canyon, which is a beautiful sightseeing spot. It's a bit touristy, but really nice. 
and you could drop into Oda wines. Uh, they're not always open. They've been a bit inconsistent, but they, they do make some really good uh, artisan wines there. Uh, just south of Guria and Samagrello is Ajara. And of course, Ajara is famous because that's where Batumi is. And that's the other city that everyone knows about uh, in Georgia. It's not a popular wine region. Uh, there is one very interesting valley behind Batumi that just creeps up uh, slowly along a river valley into the mountains it's behind Batumi. Beautiful. It is beautiful. Definitely go for a sightseeing trip regardless because it's amazing. But uh, it's not like a very famous wine growing region and the, the wine production is a little bit underdeveloped. Uh, and even though we always talk about like these small artisans and we want things to be underdeveloped, uh, what I mean is it's still, you know, they're still waiting to sort of uh, get a name for themselves. So uh, one place you can check out there is Chateau Iveri. They make really nice food. It's a fancy little shadow with a load of terrace. Um, great uh, views. Yeah, great terrace, great views. Really, really nice uh, place if you do want to pop up to the pop up to the mountains. All right, next one. There's so many. There's so many. Too many. We're almost through them though. Uh, Lechkumi uh, is the region next to Racha, just west of Racha. Very, very small. This is the smallest wine region in Georgia. They are famous. Uh, well, they make lots of different wines from that region, Western grapes, but they are most famous for the Usakaluri which is uh, sort of the word translates as unknown, translates as unknown, <laughs> oh, okay. it's unknown wine. Uh, it's one of the rarest wines on the planet. Oh, how mysterious. Yes. Uh, it's grown only in a very small area around three villages, the village of Okureshi, Zubi and Isunderi. Uh, I haven't even had time to go there yet. Uh, that's not in our normal tour routes. It is quite a way out to get there. Uh, but it is somewhere that we're exploring for future routes, and I can't wait to go and try this. Uh, there's a lot of different sources online explaining how rare this grape is. Some of them are saying that they only make 1,000 bottles of this type of wine a year in total. Wow. I believe those figures are old because what's happened is because it's become so famous and because production here has increased, that various other larger companies have come in and started planting. So yeah. I, I believe the production has increased, but it's uh, if you want the very old, rare vintage of the older vines, then it is super, super rare. It still takes a while to grow a vine. It does. Uh, three to four years for it to be at uh, wine producing mm -hmm. style. All right. A couple more left. The Moschetti region, which is where Borjomi is. A lot of people will have heard of Borjomi water. We did an episode on Borjomi water or mm -hmm. it might not be out yet, but uh, it will be coming out. Uh, also, this is where Akaltsike uh, where Rabati Fortress is, uh, very far south part of Georgia, close to the border with Turkey. This is one of the highest altitude-growing regions for grapes in the world. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. 900 meters is about as low as the altitude gets for the first growing area. And it just goes up from there. And it goes up, apparently, and I haven't been to one at this height yet. I hope to find one, but 1,700 meters is the highest growing altitude. Wow, because, you know, I would have thought Switzerland, because they're they growing some grapes pretty high up on their little mountains and stuff, but hey, go Georgia. Right. Apparently, um, the most people think this is made up and that they couldn't possibly be growing grapes that high. But uh, I'm about to discover it. I'm about to try and do some more research and find out. But the general resources are that really up to 1,700 meters in that area because of the microclimate, it's actually possible. All right. Okay. Well, watch this space. We'll come back with uh, some more information on that when Tom takes a tour up there. We will be doing some trips there. We already, uh, we already take trips there in general, but it is, you know, there's plenty of places to explore and I haven't explored it enough. Always We've got more. some really nice places there doing Meschetian cuisine and local wines that we send our guests to. 
but I'm this is the next wine region that I really want to explore more because it's it's also only about three hours from Tbilisi, just about. Nice. So it's uh, yeah, it's my next spot that I'm going to go and really in deep and and find out about these these crazy super high altitude wines. Yeah, low precipitation, so they have to actually uh, irrigate everything because mm. there just isn't enough water. So it's hard. High altitude, low precipitation, really hard to grow wines there. But the wines they actually do get out uh, are pretty interesting. Um, supposedly, I read a little bit of history on this place. Uh, there was a census in 1595 that suggested and documented that they were making at that time 10 to 12,000 tons of grapes per year. So wow, somewhere in, in the, the region of 12,000 In the liters. 16th century, they were making that much. Yeah. Yeah, uh, compare that to Carcetti today, which is doing sort of 200,000 plus tons of grapes. But still, in the 16th century, they were making plenty of wine in that area, which is all pretty crazy. Uh, that declined, and in the Soviet area, wasn't really much going on at all, as far as I'm aware. Uh, I mean, a little bit. Uh, it started to build back up again. Uh, but yeah, that area is super interesting to, to go and see. There's a few documentaries on YouTube you can look up if you look up winemaking in uh, Mesketi. Oh, are they in English? There is one in English that was really interesting, yeah. Nice. Uh, lots of terraces because the, by building terraces, it helps reduce the risk of frost, apparently, mm-hmm. and the way they're designed. So, yeah, lots of terrace farming and because of the altitude and everything else. Because of the mountains, there's going to be lots of steep slopes and they're having to do terraces in order to grow grapes at all. Uh, that, that's actually it for the main wine regions. I wanted to mention one more <gasps> wine region. Oh, I don't think it's a lot. It's a lot. Uh, the last one is Abkhazia. Now, because this is currently occupied by Russia uh, on the very western end of Georgia next to the Black Sea, northwest, we can't really go there. We definitely can't go there right now. And even before uh, the current events, we couldn't really go there easily. And it was not somewhere we particularly wanted to, to take guests because it, it's a pretty difficult situation to visit there. Yeah. Uh, so we haven't done any exploration there. But I wanted to mention Abkhazia because, of course, they make wine. It is part of Georgia, even though it's currently occupied by Russia. And one day we hope that Georgia will get to reunite with them and we can start running tours there as well. It'd be great. That would be wonderful. Okay, we are almost out of time. And what I wanted to get onto, but what we'll do in the future is we'll do like a more in-depth episode on specific parts of these, these topics. So like we'll do an episode on Kilketi winemaking, we'll do an episode on Imeretian winemaking. Yeah. So we can actually go in depth in all of these places and you can get a real oh. sense of detail. Let's try and get a winemaker from the different regions in to have a chat about the, uh, their winemaking process. ideal. That would be really cool. But the last thing I wanted to do was just mention microzones just for a few minutes because I've mentioned the word quite a few you times. You haven't mentioned my favorite yet, so I'm no, just I'm waiting. No, I'm getting there. It's on my list. And so uh, when we first came here in 2016, there were 18 microzones. Now in 2022, there are 24 microzones. Amazing. They are actively trying to isolate these areas and give them their PDO status, which is really great. So uh, as of recording this episode, there are 24, but it could quite be possible even by the time it's released, there'll be 25. I mean, stuff is under consideration. All these different areas are petitioning the, the authorities to be classed as a microzone because that will bring them tourism and it will bring them reputation. And then so it's very important. So there are microzones all over the country. Most of them are in Karketi currently, uh, so that yeah, the vast majority of these 24 are all in Karketi. I'm not going to go through all of them. Maybe we'll do an episode on microzones, but most likely we'll do an episode and when we talk about the wine region, we'll talk about the microzones in that region more in a specific episode for that region. But I want to mention a few of my favorites so you can go and try them out. Let's start with, uh, with Meg's favorite, actually, uh, Mukuzani. Huzzah! 
Yes, it is my favorite. Um, basically, the the mukazani is a saparavi. As Tom mentioned before, saparavi is made into a lots of different types of wine, but it's still the same saparavi grape. But the mukazani is aged in oak barrels, which just makes it. So the saparavi grapes have to be grown in the mukazani microzone, which is in central Karketi in the Alazani Valley. On the west side, so on the Gombori Mountains facing the, uh, the Caucasus Mountains. And the wine itself, yes, uh, almost always made in oak barrels. Previously, the PDO demanded that it was made in oak barrels for some time. It must be aged in oak barrels. But uh, apparently they removed those rules a few I'm years a ago. I'm a little disappointed in that. I feel totally my yeah. own personal opinion. Um, I I think that the the longer that they're aged in oak, the better flavor the mukazani has. I've been having a few weak mukazanis lately, which have been a little disappointing for me personally. But you know, until I get on the PDO board of you know people of important people, and then speak Georgian and speak Georgian and have my say about <laughs> how long it should be aged in oak. There's nothing I can do about it. But anyway, you can always ask when trying a mukazani how long it's actually been aged in oak for, and Make up your own mind. Maybe you like it a little lighter on the oak side. Maybe, maybe. Uh, I, I love that intense oak and the, the vanilla as well. If they're using French oak, it's great. Uh, let's talk about the Serapi microzone. This is uh, right next to the Kardanaki microzone. They're both in the sort of same little district uh, in the south part of the Alazani Valley, very close to the, the city of love, Signagi. Ah, oh, Signagi. It's just at the bottom of the hill uh, below the village of Signagi. Uh, which is an amazing place to visit. So whilst you're out there, why not go and try some of these local microzone wines? Uh, the Serapi is normally, and it does vary depending on the winemaker, but it's normally pretty um, pretty clear cut uh, to tell a Serapi. Uh, it quite often has sort of some tobacco notes. It's normally quite a tannic wine. Uh, it's made from Cazzatelli, normally a 100%, but winemakers are allowed to add in 15% of uh, Matsani or Kiwi if they want. That's totally up to them, which can, of course, change the dynamic of the wine. Uh, really like these. Uh, they, they, yeah, they do vary a little bit, but I, I like that sort of smoky amber wine. I think it's pretty interesting. Next up, Akhmeta is the very north of the Alazani Valley. Now, the PDO wine that comes from here is actually based on Kakuri Masvani, and not on the wine that I like from Akhmeta, which is Kisi. So this is not a PDO with the Kisi, but uh, if you ask anyone where the best Kisi is, any Georgian sommelier, most of them are saying Akmeta. Something about that region, uh, the Kisi is just amazing. And Kisi is amazing in, in general anyway, because it's such a vibrant wine. But yeah, weird that that's not the one that got the PDO status. Maybe it will additionally get the PDO status at some point. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, two other microzones just to mention quickly. Bolnisi, because I just love Bolnisi. So I'm just going to mention it. They actually got PDO status for a large selection of the wines made in Bolnisi somehow. Not just one specific wine, but quite a few different wines. Uh, and Anateni, I mentioned earlier, just because it's the only sparkling wine microzone in Georgia. So it's sort of really interesting. And it's like an hour and a half from Tbilisi, so relatively straightforward to go visit them and, and go taste some wine. So yeah, there are so many other, so many other uh, microzones, as we said, 24 in total right now. And when we do our tours, we try to stop in one or two microzones per trip if we can, depending on which region we're going to and how many there are available. But that's normally the goal. And one thing we do uh, a lot, actually, and I'm, I'm pretty interested to sort of announce this to, to the public in general, because it's something we've been sort of keeping under wraps a little bit, uh, but we do wine explorer tours. Now, these aren't normally listed on the website, although I'm going to start listing them on the website. 
But what these are is instead of going to our tried and tested places that uh, we take all our guests to, uh, we're going to places that I haven't been to. Maybe these are places that my sommelier recommended to me. Maybe these are places where I tasted their wine at one of the wine shows and said, I got to come and visit you. But I like building these itineraries to very off-track places that tour companies rarely go to, uh, to go and find something that's so unique and one of a kind as far as a trip goes, that uh, even we probably won't be offering the same trip again. So no, no. yeah, I'll be doing this trip. I'll be doing it for my own personal interest. Yeah. Tom will be there on the tour yeah. with you guys. Uh, but it, I guess the main thing to know that it is completely untested. So uh, I might have tasted the wines or they've been recommended. I mean, we do a lot of research before we do these trips. Of so course. we haven't actually, I personally have not been to that exact winery in that location and tasted those wines in that location. But there will have been some level of connection uh, between us and that winery before we decide to go. Yeah, it's a great explorer trip. And, uh, you know, you get to go to these regions that aren't on the standard tourist trails, which is so exciting to do. I mean, if you've never been to Georgia before, of course, you might want to decide to do the standards. But if you're an expat living here or if uh, if maybe you're someone who's a little bit more adventurous when it comes to to trying wines, come out on an Explorer trip with us. They're always so much fun. Yeah, just uh, jump on eatthistours.com. Our WhatsApp and email are on there and you can contact us if you want to do an Explorer's trip. I'm going to start trying to advertise them. Because I think most of our wine explorers here in Tbilisi have done so many trips with me now that they're, they're not always available and their liver is not always available to be <laughs> uh, attacked in such a way. Yeah. So, yeah, if these are, um, you know, these are full on drinking, uh, like wine tasting trips. This is. Oh, these- and we should mention that a lot of the time, because this is the first time we visited these places, they're showing off for us. Yeah. So it's going to be. A lot. We get the special treatment. Yeah, uh, very Things special. where, you know, we do the three wine tasting and then they're like, oh, but by the way, I've got a 2017 reserve in the cellar that I wanted to show someone and you're the guy we're going to show it to because mm-hmm. we'd love you to bring more tourists here. So we get to try food and wine that even if we do decide to go to that winery in the future for all of our tours, because maybe we find something very, very special that we want to send people to, it's very unlikely that you will get uh, as much of the experience as we get on these first visits. So this, it is pretty special. Uh, I, I'm massively grateful to be able to, to run these trips because it is so fun for me and it's so fun to see the reactions on all the guests' faces when surprising things happen, like the, the family just spontaneously starts singing polyphonic songs in the corner and you're like, oh, great, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, their daughter comes out with a panduri, which is one of the stringed instruments, and just starts playing a song for us or something like that. So many talented winemakers. Like, they're really talented at making wine. And then like when we were on our trip in Bolnisi the other day, one of the dudes is like a classical composer for the- Yeah, the incredible piano player. Piano player. And he, he composes uh, string pieces and, and stuff like that for the orchestras here and stuff. And we were like, are you kidding me? Like you, you're a composer and, and musician. And then on the side, you're making wine as well. Like these people are so talented. As we said at the start, wine is art. And a yeah. lot of winemakers are artists. Uh, some of the places we go, they do have- their artworks as well. There are paintings on the wall, like, uh, quite yes, a few places that yes. we, we do have that as well. So this is the other thing that you don't get at the large wineries because there you just meet the staff. Whereas here you actually, you're meeting the winemaker, you're understanding what their life is like and you're getting a real sense of what the culture is like and, and everything is very personal. And I love that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's, that's the sort of thing we do. Of course, we have our regular trips as well. As we said, just jump on the website if you want to do one of our trips. You'll get to visit one of these uh, incredible wine regions uh, or maybe multiple wine regions because we do uh, longer trips as well. All right. So we'll have the the links to that in the show notes. We also, don't we have a beginner's guide to to Georgian wine that people can sign up for a PDF for? 
There is a wine crash course. Yeah. Uh, pretty much all of the main stuff that we covered today is already in that. If you look up foodfundtravel.com slash Georgia and scroll down the page a bit, you'll find the sign up for our wine crash course guide. And you can have a bit of a read of that and just uh, refresh yourself of the basics that you learned in this episode already. Or send it to a friend. All right, that's it for this episode. Thanks for joining us. Wow, yes. We really appreciate you guys uh, taking the time to listen to the show if you've got this far. Thank you. So we really, really appreciate every single one of you for listening. Uh, we'd really appreciate it so much more if you could also rate and review the podcast on whatever podcast app you're listening to right now. Uh, make sure you tell your friends as well. Share it with other people and just be like, hey, did you hear this episode? It, it just means a lot to us. The more people that can listen to us, the more people we can get coming to these incredible regions to meet these fantastic people. Uh, we're just so passionate about Georgia and its people and we want to do the most we can for it. So, yeah, if you guys could just share, 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 we'd really appreciate it. Yeah, come drink wine with us. It's going to be fun. Until next time. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Tbilisi Podcast. Connect with us at foodfundtravel.com slash Podcast, where you can find all relevant social media links, join our email newsletter, and discover more about travel, tours, and expat services in Georgia. This show was brought to you by foodfundtravel.com, expathub.ge, and eatthistours.com. Welcome to the Tbilisi podcast. Just a quick announcement before we get into today's show. We have been running an Experience Tbilisi prize pack competition, and today is the day that we are choosing our winners. Now, this was randomly chosen through the Gleam competition system, and we are really excited to announce that our first prize winner of the Experience Tbilisi pack is Charlotte Heffer. Congratulations. We will be contacting you on email to let you know that you are a winner. We do also have two runner-up prizes today. That is the tote bag full of Tbilisi goodies, and that goes to Heidi Cole and also Eagle Hludvison. Big congratulations to you guys. Thank you for taking the time to enter the competition and to everybody else out there who entered. Better luck next time. Maybe we'll have another competition in the future. Uh, but keep listening. Keep sharing the love for the Tbilisi podcast. We really appreciate you guys listening. And thanks so much. There'll be more episodes coming shortly.